Good morning. Everybody give me a big smile. Three of you gave me a big smile, so I like to see people smile, don't you? I really do. I like to smile at people. You know why? Because it makes them uncomfortable sometimes. You just walk up to somebody on the street and you smile at them and they think, well, what's he smiling about? I broke it, Mike. You see that, brother? Mike was reprimanding me on the hall for breaking the equipment, So, and I'm not even a rough preacher. But I like smiling at people, and I like to see people smile. So let's smile this morning. Everybody get your Bibles. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, very familiar scripture. Hebrews chapter 11. Did anybody get on Facebook last night and see the, the message preview? Did anybody see that at all? And, and some of you are probably wondering, what in the world is he talking about? What in the world is he talking about? It's, it's kind of an, an odd subject to talk about. But a lot of times my sermons come from, from odd things, come from odd sources. And, and about a week ago Friday, I went to have my oil changed in my truck. You know, if you men know anything about vehicles, they run a little bit better, it seems, when you change the oil in them, don't they? So I, went, I took my, my truck. Now, here was my mistake. I took my truck to Walmart to get my oil changed. Now, you can get everything at Walmart, including your oil change, but I guess I should take it to Cookville Honda and, and let Mike do it because uh, uh, when I got back to Walmart, I promise I'm going somewhere with this, they hand you a bag that's got your ticket in it, you know, that tells, tells what all they did. And, and normally it's just got a piece of paper in there. And I look in this bag, and, and this, is, this is called a lug nut. Does everybody know what a lug nut is? Some of you men are wondering what in the world I've got a lug nut in my hand for. Gene, I'll put this back on your vehicle as soon as I get done with it, okay, brother? But uh, I went in there, and they handed me my bag with my ticket in it. And inside my bag was four lug nuts. And I said, excuse me, Mr. Walmart employee. I said, do these perhaps belong on my truck? And he said, yeah, we got them off your truck. And I said, why didn't you put them back on my truck? And they said, they're too damaged. They're too damaged to put back on. I said, we'll put some more on there. Well, we don't sell them. Walmart sells everything, apparently, except lug nuts. So I have a lug nut here that I ordered from Napa, and, and I have it here. And that got me to thinking this. We don't think about much about lug nuts, do we? Really, I don't. When I'm driving down the road, you know, they're on there, and there's 24 on my truck. I counted every one of them. There was... You know, then there was 20, and, and there, now there's 24 again. But as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, the lug nut is the object that holds the tire on the axle. And that's pretty important, isn't it? Without the lug nut, you don't, you, the, the wheel doesn't attach to the axle, and you're not going anywhere. Now let's go back in time just a few years to the 1800s, back when Charlie was a child in the 1800s. Charlie loves me, I know he does. And back then they had wagons, and, and some of you, not, not even in the 1800s, but some of you in here may have, may have had that. I know even back in the 60s and 70s where I'm from, people still used mules and wagons. And you know, they had those big old wooden wheels with all those spokes in it, and all that was holding that wheel onto the axle was the linchpin. It's a, it's a little piece of metal about this long, and it was called the linchpin. Now I looked up what a linchpin was. I don't know why that came to me, but I've known a long time what it is. But a linchpin is this. I looked it up in the dictionary and it says that something that holds the various elements 
of a complicated structure together. We'll read that for you one more time. It says something that holds the various elements of a complicated structure together. And we know our vehicle tires and our vehicles are very complicated structures and we don't put much thought into these things. We don't put much thought into what a linchpin does. But without this little lug nut, without the 24 of these on my truck and without the linchpin on the wagon, guess what? My vehicle is not going anywhere. Now some of you say, well, you drive a Ford, your vehicle's not going anywhere anyways, and I would tend to agree with that sometimes, but this little bitty thing right here that that doesn't amount to anything, that's about a $2 piece of cast metal made in China, without this, without this tiny little piece that doesn't seem like it amounts to much, I'm not going anywhere. Now Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1, everybody stand if you found your place. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. Now with, with that example, with that, with that little illustration there in mind, I want you to understand that what's holding everything that we do together here in this church this morning is found in Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to read the first six verses, so just read along with me. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying to his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse number 6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's read that verse one more time. Here's the linchpin of Christianity. If we don't have it, it's an impossibility that we're going to do anything. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Let's pray. Father, God, we love You this morning. Lord, I thank You for Your Word. Lord, I thank You for the small things in life, God, that You allow me to see what You're doing, Lord, through seemingly just just unimportant events. God, I pray this morning that, Lord, people would understand that without faith, we don't have anything. Lord, it's a word that we use sometimes too freely. And God, it's just become a, a word that we use and use it loosely, God. And I just pray that we would take this very seriously this morning. Knowing, God, that you told the Hebrew writer to write down... That without faith, it is impossible to please you. God, I want to please you this morning. God, I want to be in the center of your will this morning. God, I just pray that you would touch me. God, use me as your vessel. Lord, I can do absolutely nothing. God, unless it is through you, let the Holy Spirit do the preaching. God, I pray that you would give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech. God, to preach your word this morning. God, I love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
You can be seated. Now, now I want to add to that story just a little bit before I get into the sermon, just as Tanner is here this morning. And, and so I didn't tell you all this just to finish the story. That After I got my, uh, my lug nuts, I didn't have them for three days. So for three days, I drove around with five on each wheel, and apparently that's safe. But So I was going to Jamestown, and Tanner and Ronnie Lee and Carrie Higgins, you all know those guys, right? Tanner's back there, and I think he's taking pictures of me, so... <laughs> I don't know why he's taking pictures, but, but we got in a vehicle, and we were on our way to Jamestown. We're about 50 miles up the road. I said, hey, guys, by the way, guess what? We're missing a lug nut on each wheel, and they all broke nervous. So they knew the importance of the lug nuts on the wheels, and I said, oh, they said it'll be okay, and if we die, we're going to go to heaven anyways, guys. Might as well go together, right? And they didn't seem to like that statement too well. But this morning we read Hebrews chapter 11, and this chapter, it's almost become a cliche. It's almost become to the point where a preacher goes to Hebrews chapter 11, and they said, well, they've heard that before, haven't they, Brother Gary? We know Hebrews chapter 11, that's where they, it talks about the hall of fame of faith. And sure enough, it does. It even, it even, this is the only place in the Bible that I can honestly say that a word is actually clearly defined in the Bible. You could almost take Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1, and you could just underline faith and put a dash and it gives you a definition of what faith actually is it says it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen and then it goes on to say in verse number three that through faith we understand that God uh, framed the worlds and that, that he made the worlds out of uh, everything out of nothing we believe that this morning don't we you believe that this morning? I would sure hope so, that you believe that God made everything that you see. God made this earth, God made the universe, God made everything that you see. God made you out of absolutely nothing. God doesn't need anything to create anything because He can just speak it into existence. And I have that faith this morning. But oftentimes, see, what we do is, is we, we use that word faith too much and we use it too loosely. And before you know it, we just say, well, yeah, I have faith in that. I, I, I believe that God can do that and I, I believe God can do this and, yeah, God can heal. And, but do we really believe that? Ask yourself this morning that question. Do you really believe that God can do what He said He can do? Do you really believe that God did what He said He did? That's very important, it, it, and I'll get to that a little later in the sermon. But the first thing I want you to understand this morning is, number one, that our faith has to have a subject or an object. That, that our faith has to have something that it looked towards. Now what I see many times as I go around preaching and I go around uh, evangelizing before I was pastoring here is I saw a lot of people that would put a lot of confidence in things besides God. You agree with that statement? You ever seen those people that, that they put a lot of faith in, in what they have? You know, there's a lot of people that, that they put a lot of faith in their job and they put a lot of faith in their bank account and they put a lot of faith in all these other things and, and they depend on that to carry them through life. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this, that, that I don't believe it's wrong to have a good job. It's not wrong to, to take care of yourself. But at the end of the day, if you're depending... On money, if you're depending on material things to carry you through life, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Because money is not going to get you through life. Money can't get by you well, everything that you need. You know, you know, there's that old saying that money can't buy you health, right? My dad yesterday, he called me on the phone, and, and my dad, he's, he's got really bad heart problems, and Lacey's dad has bad heart problems, so I guess we're in trouble and our kids are in trouble. But anyways... 
my dad, he had a heart attack, uh, or had heart problems about a year ago in October. And he had some stents put in himself, and my dad got put on this medicine. And this medicine, my dad has insurance, and, and some of you folks that are on, go, uh, on Medicare or whatever it's called would probably tend to agree it's not the best insurance sometimes, right? But he, paid, he got this medicine, and the doctor came in, and he said, this is the medicine we're going to have to prescribe you. And he said, it's $1,500 a month for this medicine. Now, that would have caused me to have a heart attack right there if I'd have been my dad. I don't think I would walk into a guy's room that just had heart surgery and say to him, oh, by the way, your medicine's $1,500. And then my dad called me last night, and that's the same exact medicine that my father-in-law got put on, the same thing. And I was talking to my dad about it, and, and we were talking about the fact that, that even though that, that, that's $1,500, he said that $1,500 really doesn't guarantee it does anything. That money... Didn't buy my dad a bit of health. You know where my dad and Lacey's dad's healing came from? It came from above, didn't it? There's nothing that, that when, when he went to the hospital the other day, he could have paid, if, if he has a million dollars, and I, I don't know if he does, but, but he could have wrote those doctors a check for a million dollars. But that money wouldn't have done him a bit of good had God said it's your time to go. See, our faith must be, must be in God. It can be nowhere else our faith can lie. Nowhere else it can't rely on, on money and material things. But I tell you another place that our faith can't rely on is people. That's kind of a rough statement to say, isn't it? That, that you can't put faith in people. I love people. I am a people person. I like, I like people. I like to talk to people. I generally like to talk to people one-on-one -on -one and just kind of get to know people. But I like to hear you know, what y'all got going on. But I'll say this. The more that you get to know me and the more I get to know you, you'll find out that sometimes people let other people down. Don't they? See, I've seen people put their faith in preachers. That's a dangerous thing. It really is. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to try to be the best pastor that I absolutely can be. Y'all just be gracious with me. I'm going to mess up. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fall short. Sometimes I won't be able to be there. There's going to be things that, that just, it's going to be hard sometimes. Don't put your faith in me. Now, I'll say this. I'll tell you a quick little story about a guy that put his faith in a preacher. I've got a first cousin who is, is, is uh, he's, I love him to death. We've all got family that, that we love to death that are in bad situations, right? I know I do. I don't know about you. Maybe that's unique to me. But a few years ago, I would say I was 19 at the time, so about, what is that, 13, 14 years ago, something like that. We got a new pastor at the church I was from, and everybody loved him to death, and they thought that he could do absolutely no wrong. And he would come in and and he would preach the sermons, and he would, he would do this, and, and everybody loved him. And my cousin loved him so much, and, and he just took a liking to him. And so my cousin started putting his faith in this preacher. It was all about the preacher. It was, it was hey, he's going to be at church this Sunday, or he's going to do this, and he's going to do that. And he would start following the preacher around. Well, everything was going well, maybe six, eight, nine months down the road. I don't know how long it was. And then one Wednesday... My mom called me up, and she said, did you hear about the preacher? Now, when somebody calls you on the phone and say, did you hear, it's usually not a good thing, is it? And she said, did you hear about the preacher? And I said, no. I said, what happened? And she said, well, he was arrested last night. 
He was arrested last night. He's over. He's in jail right now. And I won't tell you what he was arrested for. And so my cousin caught wind of that. And so instead of coming to church and, and saying, well, my faith is in God and in spite of what's going on with the preacher and in spite of what's going on in the world around me, guess where he is 13 years to this day out on drugs and using alcohol and, and living the way of the world. Why? Because he put his faith in the wrong place. See, the subject and the object of your faith cannot be a man. I have a lot of confidence in a lot of people in here already. I really do. Some of you have just gone above and beyond everything that I can imagine. Just you've been so nice to me. But at the end of the day, I can't put my faith in a man. I have to put it in God alone. Can you say amen right there? You agree with that statement? Not only that, but we, can't, we really we, we can't put our faith in church. In, our, in a church, in a denomination, if you will. Now, I'm saying you, you should put confidence in your church, but your faith, again, needs to rely on God. Because, you know, this, this church, this church is it's, it's just a building. It's, it, Lord forbid, it could close its doors one of these days, or a fire could hit it, or a tornado, and, and we could kind of be dispersed, or whatever happens. And, and we no longer have this, but God, as I said a week or two ago, is unchanging and we put our faith in Him. God is the subject of our faith. Not only that, but we also must understand where our faith even comes from. If I was to ask somebody and I say, where does your faith come from? You might say this, well, I believe in God. I believe God, and that's where my faith comes from, is because I Believe, But can I present to you this morning that your faith didn't start with you, that your faith in fact started with God, that you would not even have faith, you wouldn't have the ability to have faith had it not been for God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17, a very familiar scripture, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So our faith comes to us not because of anything we've done, not because we believed on anything, but because God spoke to us through His word, or God spoke to us through our conscience and convicted our souls, and we believed in the word of God because He gave us that faith. God is the source of our faith. Not only is He the subject of our faith, but He is also the source of our faith. And we need, to, we need to pay special attention to that. That had it not been for God, that we wouldn't even have the ability to believe that He died on the cross for our sins. We wouldn't, even, we wouldn't have that opportunity, but we couldn't even believe it. Had, had God not given us that word, faith comes by hearing. And hearing from where? The Word of God. Your faith came from this very Word right here. This is how God speaks to people these days. Did you know that? And so our faith, our source of faith comes from here. It doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from the church. It doesn't come from people. Our source is found in God's Word. God gave us this faith. And so everything that we have, our relationship between God and ourselves, hinges on what? Faith. That faith is sitting there and it's holding everything together. And sometimes we don't think about it, sometimes we don't put much thought into it. But I tell you what, if that faith is gone, if that, if that lug nut's gone, or if that linchpin is gone, out of that wagon wheel and that relationship between that axle and that wheel is broken, then suddenly what? We have a problem, don't we? Where's your faith this morning? 
Is your faith in God? Is your faith, is it attached like it should be or is it in, is it in man? So not only do we see that, we see the subject and the source of our faith, but then we must understand that faith also has a job to do in our lives. See, we all know about Ephesians chapter 2, don't we? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We know that faith, faith is the vehicle that, that allows us to go to God and get grace from him. Before by grace are you saved. We all know about saving faith, and that is the main job of faith is to see people saved, is it not? That's how, you, that's how you're saved. You can't be saved any other way but by having faith in God. You have to get, come to God in faith and saying, God, I can't see you. God, I, I didn't see Jesus die on the cross. God, I didn't see that Jesus was born of a virgin. But I believe your word and I believe that you said it. And since you said it, Lord, I believe that. And I'm stepping out in confidence believing, God, that you can save me. For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves. We don't put faith in the preacher. If you're dependent on me to save you, you're in trouble. Because I'm made out of the same stuff you are. I'm human. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I, I call this, just this is mud is all it is. It's a little dirt and it's a little water. And we're just made out of mud, ain't we? If you, you put makeup on and make yourself look pretty, but you're still mud. Amen? For by grace are you saved through faith. Faith saves us, but I want you to understand that, that once we're saved, our faith must continue. Not only does faith save us, but faith sanctifies us. The Bible says in Acts 26, verse 18, the Apostle Paul, he says, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. This is, he's talking about giving them salvation. And from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. That's salvation, right? And inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Now I want to say this about sanctification. That's a word that we don't use in the Free Will Baptist Church a lot of times. We, we like to think that's a Pentecostal word or that's a Church of God word because they believe that sanctification is, is a part of salvation, that you have to have three parts of salvation. I want to tell you this morning, there's one part of salvation. Did you know that? You're saved by grace through faith. Sanctification doesn't save you, but I'll tell you what sanctification will save you from is a lot of heartache. Now sanctification is this, it's a really easy word to understand if you just think about it for a minute. Sanctification is growing closer to God and living a more holy life as you go along. See, the day that you're saved, I know this is going to be hard to believe for some of you, but the day that you're saved, you're not as holy, hopefully, as you should be when you die. If there's 10, 15 years, you should be growing closer to God every single day. You should, be, you should be having less sin in your life. You should be putting those things away. And that process that we see is called sanctification. And Paul said that we have sanctification by faith. Now what I think that means is this, that by faith we believe that we put our faith in God. And so through sanctification, we have to compare ourselves or measure ourselves up to God. You know what one of my favorite phrases is when I'm out talking to Christians is they'll say, well, I'm just as good as somebody. I'm just as good as so-and-so. Y'all ever heard that? You ever been talking to somebody and you say, they say, well, I'm just as good as they are. 
I know Cecil had He's heard that before. And, and Mason's heard it before, hadn't you, buddy? I'm just as good as those other people. And they say, well, well, I don't have to do that. Well, I don't have to, you know, what's a controversial subject in churches? Let's say alcohol. How about that? Y'all like to talk about alcohol, right? Now, we're Baptists. We believe that alcohol is wrong, don't we? You know why I believe that? Because the Bible says it. I'm going to throw that out there this morning. But some people in some certain churches would say that, well, it's okay to have you a little drink once in a while. Now, I believe with all my heart they're wrong. Say amen right there. <laughs> it ought to be hardier than that. <laughs> but you know what the problem is? They say, well, you know, I believe I can drink alcohol because that church is drinking it. Well, there's the problem. You're putting, your, you're putting yourself in comparison to that church and that denomination rather than what thus saith the Word of God. Your sanctification does not depend on what somebody else is doing. Your sanctification depends on your faith in God. Did you know that? Your sanctification, does, you, don't, you don't look at me as a preacher and say, well, the preacher said it's okay to do that. If, if I said it's okay to do something and the Word of God says it's wrong, it's wrong no matter what I say. Now, I'm not, I'm I'm not going to try to steer you in the wrong direction. I'm not going to purposely try to mess you up and say, well, I think this is right and this is okay because I want you to be sanctified. I want you to live thus what the Word of God says. But don't ever compare yourself and your sanctification to another man. Don't ever compare anything to another denomination or another church. Our sanctification is only by the faith that we have in God. We're not trying to grow closer uh, to what another man is like. We're trying to go, grow closer and be more like our Savior every single day. That's what the word Christian means, right? To be Christ-like. That's why we're here this morning, to be Christ-like. I'll, I'll just throw this out there. I worry about people that I don't see growing in the faith. I look at people and... and they don't know their Bible and they, they, don't, they don't seem like they know how to pray and, and all these things. And, and I, I wonder, I say, well, God, what, what's going on here? Why are, are they not growing closer to you? Not why are they not being more like me? Because I'm not the goal. God is the goal. By faith, he says, we're sanctified. And then one last place I'll have you look, or you don't have to turn there, but Ephesians just a couple of chapters over from Ephesians chapter 2 where I just quoted that verse from. The Apostle Paul says something that's very important in every church, but in this church especially. He says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 13, he says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of of the fullness of Christ. See, faith saves us, faith sanctifies us, but I want you to also see that faith solidifies us. You saw that word, the unity of the faith. If there's ever a day that churches need to be unified, it's right now. If there's ever a time that we need to grow closer, if there's ever a time that we need to come together, it's today. It's right now. I love when a church is in unity, don't you? Honestly, I've only been in just a few church services in my entire life where I thought that the church was in complete unity with each other. Just a a handful. And why is that? I think it's because, again, our faith is not where it ought to be. We're, we're, We're putting our faith in other things. We're putting it in men. We're putting it in the church. We're putting it in money and all this. 
But if we were to put our faith completely in God, if, if we were to make God the, the absolute linchpin of our faith and say everything comes together and everything is held together only by faith, God and man, they can meet by faith and through faith. And if we have that attitude when we come to church, then we can be unified as a church. Yesterday, Brother Cecil talked very briefly about uh, the fact that we went to Dogwood Park. And I really appreciated those that came out and, and got sunburned. It was pretty hot yesterday, wasn't it? Some of you that were in here were here, were there yesterday or in here, and, and I, my forehead got sunburned. And, and, and I'm, I, it's okay. It's fine because we were out there. Guess what we were? We were unified as a church, and we had one goal yesterday, and that was to try to bring people from out there in here we weren't we weren't doing anything else we didn't have any other objectives other than to tell the lost world that Jesus loves them to say hey we, we've got a church over here and we would love for you to be here we were unified and I, I thought that there was a very good spirit there yesterday and that's because we didn't say hey Come listen to the preacher. Hey, come listen to Cecil saying, hey, come do this, come that. We say, hey, we got a church and we know a God and that can save you and we put our faith in Him. Come be unified with us. Now when people come here, I believe we have to show unified front here. We have to be unified in the church and we can only do that through faith in God. If you come to church and you have the attitude and say, well, I don't like the person over there because they did this, or I don't like the person over there because they did that, you're putting your faith in the wrong place, you're putting your confidence in people, put it in God. If you want to be blessed, I like to be blessed when I come to church, don't you? I enjoy church and when it's just good and, and we have good singing and, and good preaching and whatever it is, I just enjoy the, the good time with Christian believers. But we can't have that. If we're looking at what the preacher's saying or we're looking at how the good the singers are singing or whatever, we have to come and we have to put our focus fully on God. All these people that said that they did things by faith and through faith and all this that I read, and I just gave you just a few short examples. I could read the entire chapter, but I'll spare you of that this morning. But God said in verse 6, He says through the Hebrew writer, you know, there's a lot of controversy. Who wrote Hebrews? I... And some say Paul wrote it. It doesn't matter. God inspired somebody and said, hey, write this down. Write this down on my behalf. And God said, but without faith, it is impossible to please me. I believe God said that to that writer. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. If you do anything and put your faith anywhere else, it will displease God. I want to be pleasing God, don't you? When I wake up in the morning from, and, and however I spend my day to when I go to sleep at night, I would like to lay my head down and say, I please God today. I did what God wanted me to do today because I live my life in faith. I live my life with my, my compass pointed towards God, not pointed towards a church or a man or anything else or money or material possessions, but only towards God. If we'll put our faith in Him, God can do some things through us. God can use us as His vessels, but we have to put our faith in Him. Let's stand. Everybody bow your head for just a moment. And Sister Connie, will you come to the piano, please, Sister? Everybody bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment.
And I just, I know this is kind of an odd sermon, but don't you think about that little, that little bitty lug nut, that thing that we don't think about sometimes, but yet it's of such great importance. That if God is the axle and, and we were the wheel, that, that this little lug nut holds it together. And it's what, it's what creates that connection so that those two things, they can work in unity, they can work with each other. And I just pray that you would ask yourself this morning, am I putting my faith in God? Or am I putting my faith in the Cookville Free Will Baptist Church? Am I putting my faith in a man? Don't do that. That's dangerous. As I said, I'm going to do everything in my power to live right, to do what I can for this church. But at the end of the day, I'm a human being, and you're a human being. But God's not changed. Put your faith in Him this morning. If you're lost this morning, I would absolutely beg you to put your faith in God this morning. Put your faith, just come down and say, God, I trust you this morning. God, I put my confidence in you this morning. That you can save me. If that's you this morning, I would implore you, please come. I'll take the Bible and I can show you exactly how that the Bible says that you can be saved by grace through faith. But it may be if you're a Christian here this morning, maybe you're not growing closer to God, maybe you're not, maybe you're not as sanctified as you should be at this point in your Christian walk. Maybe you're trying to live like somebody rather than trying to Live a life like the man Christ Jesus. If that's you, I would, I would say first of all that you ask God to forgive you for trying that. For trying to measure yourself up. Put your faith and your sanctification in God. But then church, please, as, as a whole, let's come in the unity of the faith. I believe we have a potential here beyond anything it's just it's just mind numbing to me all the potential that we have in this church we have all this going on we have these wonderful people these wonderful facilities and that's all great but at the end of the day we have to be unified in the name of Jesus unified under God's umbrella of ministry and we're not doing this on our own we're doing this through God and through God alone I pray that this church will be unified for the glory of God. That God would always be the object of our faith. That no matter what we're doing, no matter what event we're having, no matter we're having church or we're out on the street trying to bring people in or, or whether we're just out at, at school or at the workplace just living our lives, that God would always be the center and He would be the focus through faith. God, we love you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your wonderful word. God, I thank you, Lord, that you gave me that faith, Lord, that I didn't even get it myself. But God, that your word spoke to me and gave me that faith, that I heard your word and came to that saving knowledge. Lord, I just pray that this message would stick with folks this week. And God, that you would just allow us to grow in faith together. Lord, that when we come to church next Sunday, that we will be closer to you than we were today. God, I just pray that you would touch your people 
God, that you would just, just bless them this week. Lord, let the Holy Spirit, God, move in their lives. And God, let them put their faith in you. God, restore people's faith. God, I just pray that if anybody's lost, that you would continue to deal with their heart. And Lord, that they would be saved from their sin before it's too late. God, I praise you. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.